Welcome to the final episode of View from the Black Cab, the Apprentice podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Halmstone, and joining me as always is my fellow Brit, who always tries to be more Maureen, Anthony Williams. Evening. And for the first time actually watching The Apprentice UK, and live with me, for once, is the Canadian who is 95% exactly what we asked for, Logan Saunders. Evening. And what a terrible episode for us to end the series on. Oh, it was awful, wasn't it? It was so predictable, and just, ugh, what was the point of that, eh? I mean, the last three words of my notes are just sugar, fuck you. And I can't believe you went with Courtney. Hastily scribbled out. Yeah, I mean, my recording ended like 30 seconds too soon, but, you know, it was obvious. I just can't believe it. Courtney did it. Genuinely, my recording did actually end before the final decision. When we were just watching it then, um, I had to queue up another file to to go on straight afterwards because it recorded in two separate parts because the your hired part is apparently separate. Yeah. Well, it was a bit of a roller coaster, wasn't it? It was. It was a roller coaster of emotions, and my Twitter reflects that perfectly. Yeah, I reread your tweets this afternoon. It's all over the shop. <laughs> it really is. It's just, oh no, he's going to do it, isn't he? He's going to do what I don't want him to. But in the end, it all comes good. It was. It was reminded me of a really cheesy eighties movie where there's the girl who has no confidence, and everybody ignores her, and all the time she gets put down while the the jocks take over and then right at the end she has a makeover takes off the glasses shakes out her hair and da-da she's amazing and that was Alana did you enjoy your texts yeah uh, but again I didn't I didn't read them I literally did switch my phone off until I was in safe territory so it was fine I, I, I don't even know what the context of any of them were at all on Thursday night I was at my work's Christmas do. And he was sending me texts during The Apprentice, just going, OMG, 40 minutes in, and and then there were two. <laughs> so uh, I got a little bit of revenge yesterday and texted him uh, certain quotes. Got OMG, some returnees. If Alana loses with this team, I'll despair of her. Please don't do that. I have one very inappropriate joke. Courtney only speaks in two syllables. It's really distracting. And then there was one. P.S. Avoid Twitter. I actually cannot remember what I tweeted last night, but I know that it was um, an interesting mix of opinions. And, and rightly so, because this is the way finale should be written. It's just all over. What's going on? Is she? Isn't she? Ah, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. If we could have had 12 episodes of that, that would do me every year. Please Don't Do That was in response to Oliver with the Welsh flag, I think. Uh, that was great. Oliver is my MVP. My favourite tweet from last night, thank fucking Christ, all in capitals. He was really good. Uh, I'm very pleased that the Sausage Supremo came back. I know you are, because he was your favourite. He was. I really liked Oliver. It was good fun. Gone too soon. Very much so, yeah. Considering we had Courtney in every episode, yeah, definitely. So previously, the final five faced the interviews and showed their business plans to four advisors, which were promptly pulled apart. Gronya's makeup school was smudged, Jessica was out of fashion, and Francis lost again, leaving just two, Queen Alana and Court Jester Courtney. It was a 6am uh, wake-up call, and Courtney gets it again, and they are summoned to former Amazing Race pit stop at uh, London City Hall. Yeah, I told you Courtney would get that gig, didn't I, picking up the phone? That's, that's what he can do. Well, he's the only person who could actually pick up the phone in the entire series. 
Yeah, that is the only reason he's made it to the final, obviously. He has a future as a receptionist. Yeah, he could. Yeah, next year he could be the guy who says you can go in now. That's a good call. I like that, Logan. Dunder Mifflin, this is Courtney. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yes, Lord Sugar, you can go in now. Do you like this phone? I made it in the shape of a baby because everything I make is about babies. I painted it in saffron colours. Not spurs. See what I did there. Hair. And surprisingly, Courtney is nervous at pitching. No shit, Ben Owen. I love the fact that we are displaying Ben Owen to the world. Oh, yes. It's going to be magnificent. You've, you've got to watch it, Logan. It's going to be awesome. Well, well he does need a show to, to watch and probably forget he's ever watched because he'll be asleep tomorrow when I'm not in the house. So I might just set him up with Hunted. Yeah, definitely. Hunted season two. Go for it. So the task is that teams have to pitch their business to 250 people, including experts in both their fields and the interviewers and Lord Sugar and his advisors. Yeah, that that looks scary. I know Courtney gets nervous at pitching, but that's like a, it's like a gladiatorial arena, isn't it? That's going to scare anybody having to do that. What is the point of having such long staircases? Well, what's the point of having such a massive room where you're so far away from your audience? But it just all adds to the tension, I guess, doesn't it? It's just a stupid location. Yeah, but, you know, they probably paid $55,000 to be the location for the final or something. Next year, it's going to be at Sudbury Hall. Suck it, Trebek. And obviously, they can't do it alone, so there are some returning players. And Alana gets first picked, pick, as we guessed. And she chooses Gronya. Then Courtney picks Jessica, obviously. Alana picks Francis. Courtney, for some reason, picks Karthik. He of self-proclaimed disruptive influence. Then Hunter Rebecca gets picked by Alana. Safian gets picked by Courtney. And Alana picks Oliver for her team. And Paul for uh, Courtney's team. Paul looked so pissed. In fact, I could just say, and Paul looked so pissed at various points through his podcast. He was not a happy bunny, was he? What do you mean I'm lost? What's it all about? But I like that Courtney actually said he picked Paul. Yeah, that's easy to say when there's only one person left. I'm going to go with nobody. Sorry, Paul. Sorry, mate, but thanks for coming. That would have been better, actually, for all he did. Might as well have just not bothered. Just send him home. Can I have Trishna? Yeah, she should have come back instead of Paul. With a hangover. Yeah, with a bottle of colony gin in her hand the whole episode, just taking a swig out of it. Yeah, in the gin task, one team did come up with a gin called Colony, unironically. With a great big map of Africa on the front. <laughs> Surprisingly, they lost. Their side product, Slavery Vodka, was much better. As well as Holocaust Whiskey. <laughs> that would have been better. And Alana has samples of her products. It's a very, very country kitchen. And she says she has all she wants, branding, food, enthusiasm, and Gronje. Yeah, and Gronje. Well, I don't know quite what she meant by that, but she's happy. And Irishness. Irishness, yeah, and crazy Irishness. It did make me think that actually maybe Gronje had had a slightly um, unfortunate edit because Alana did really seem to rate her and she trusted her a lot throughout this task. So 
that was uh, an interesting move. She was really, really keen to get her on side. I don't think you could really do the story of Gronya getting fired, though, without talking about her getting pissed on Colony Gin. Nah, it was all, all part of the story, wasn't it? And looking miserable and having to dress up as a mermaid with Courtney and forming the Irish Mafia with Dylan. He did have two weeks of dressed up in the stupid costume, to be fair, and then got drunk. That's probably why. But she wasn't the one who asked for fancy dress, because that was Sofiane, obviously. What was that all about? Sofiane, you dressed as the Coral Kid last time. You don't need to humiliate yourself even more. Oh, ridiculous. Oh, let's dress as a banana. That's funny. No, it's not. Really not. And continuing on the theme of Courtney being useless, his suggestions for his name include Bingo Bongo. (laughs) Ringo Dingo. Ringo Dingo. And Pocket Pleasures, which does sound like something out of Alana's erotic baitware collection. It does. I think she makes pocket pleasures. They're uh, they're very tasty. They're, they're even better than Chef's Salty Balls. And apparently gooey is a really nice word. There's already a brand called Goo, isn't there? G-U with an umlaut over it, so I think that would be a little bit dodgy. But there were other options. I mean, I know we, we thought Ringo Dinko and Bongo Fongo or whatever it was was pretty bad, but there were some even worse suggestions. They had Sugar Rush... Little Gem, On Trend, Frenzy, what the hell that is, Float My Boat, Snazzy, rubbish, all of them rubbish. And so, of course, they went with a great one in the end. Rubbish, all of them were rubbish. That was another suggestion, was it? Yeah, that was the best one. That was the most apt one. (laughs) Yeah. And... um... Alana does go for Ridiculously Rich. Later, Ridiculously Rich by Alana. Yes, which is not that bad. And Hunter Rebecca did make a really good point. The way she said it, sold it. It was it was good. I thought it was a good, a good name. To be fair, she could, ju- could have just put a polished turd on the stage and she still would have won. Yeah, fair point. And Courtney makes Jessica the sub-team leader for his team and takes Paul and Sofiane to make the digital billboard. Because that is a really smart decision. Paul and Sofiane together, spot on. Let Jessica lead them. Even better. That is going to work beautifully. As much as we love Jessica, she's not really a a strong leader. No, she's not the greatest leader, nor is she the best at harmonising with teams because she tends to just get everybody a bit frantic. And you know what is the most charismatic animal? It's a llama. It's a llama, isn't it? Yeah, they're cheeky llamas. Cheeky animals like monkeys and llamas. And um, Courtney does end up going for purple whale. Because purple is my favourite colour, and whales are my favourite animal. Perfect. But do you know what? I know later in the market research, people are like, well, purple whale doesn't tell you anything about the brand. But loads of brands do that, and it's it's actually not the worst idea they had, really, to be honest. Who cares what it's called? People always put far too much emphasis on what the brand's called. It's about what you do, isn't it? Claude, can I call it Green Donkey? How about Yellow Ferret? Could it be uh, Pink Torpedo? Oh, no, it's been done. Violet Badger. Violet Badger would have been a great brand. Violent Black Badger would have been even better. That's Honey Badger. Buy our products or we set loose the Honey Badger. 
Release the Badger. Release the Badger. Does sound like a, um, a Saturday Night Entertainment show on BBC One. Release the Badger! Can't be any worse than Scare the Hair. Oh, Hole in the Wall. Oh, God, that was bad. Bring on the wall! And um, who wouldn't want to see what's going on? I'm throwing flour in your face, for God's sake. I was really worried when I saw that, because that is terrible. And I thought, oh no, the sub-team are just going to screw her over and this is going to be awful. And um, Alana clearly didn't like it, but she was very diplomatic when she saw it. She even pretended to laugh and everything. I quite like it. Really? Yeah, I don't think it's terrible. Do you think it shouts luxury goods? No, but at least it showed the products. This is true. What it really needed was a terrible glove puppet and some giant hands. And uh, Safian dressed as a banana. Yeah, that's what shouts luxury cake to me. And Alana's logo is a little bit WI. Ah, a little bit stock imagery as well. It was awful, that first attempt. I thought Hunter Rebecca was a marketing expert. It was crap. But Claude is very complimentary when she finally wakes up and sorts it. Yeah, that was the moment for me. I mean, it, it switched around, but at that point, I was like, Yes, we've got it. She's figured it out that Alana is Alana's brand. And uh, yeah, that was a great move. It was really good to sort that logo out. And the question is asked, is Purple Whale going to wow people? The correct answer is no, it's Courtney. What do you think is going to happen? Of course, it's not going to wow anybody. Like everything else he's done for the last 11 weeks. How has he got to the final? Even Logan said when he uh, nearly finished the episode... Alana's got this easily. Yeah, you see, the, the thing is, like, and it's just random at the end because it's Alan Sugar's money, so he can just pick the really crap one, and he has done several times in the past. Not mentioning any names, Joseph, last year. Yeah. So, yeah, normal rules of editing do not apply to this show. And to top it all off, they film both endings and then decide which one they want like, yeah. at the last minute. Yeah. So that makes it really interesting to try and guess who's going to win. Winner's Week certainly has been good to us. Hmm, sure has. With Adam winning and Perul and Maggie, obviously, and uh, now Alana. Well, I think we've had some good winners this year, actually. Yeah, Dana and Matt. Yeah, um, but Dana and Matt was a good winner. We had Australian Survivor, we had a great winner. Hunter, we had great winners. Yeah, well, I think we've had some good winners. And Alana does apologise for being a bit ratty. Yeah, but she was right the first time, in my opinion. It it just didn't fit the brand. And I think, they, yeah, they got away with it. It was all right. I suppose it was quirky enough to get people's attention. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't that bad, but it wasn't what I thought she was expecting. And Paul asks to swap sub-teams, which leaves Jessica with Kartik and Sofian. Lucky her. Yeah, I think Paul really meant, can I swap being in the show to being not in the show. Can I swap teams and move to Alana's? Can I swap with um, all the people that just went home, please? All of them, any of them. Just bring someone else back. I am very surprised they didn't bring back Dylan. Dylan seems like the, the quintessential person they'd bring back. Yeah, I was really surprised. Maybe he wasn't available. I'd have picked Dylan over Paul any day. But I suppose if they've got Sophie and they want Paul. And uh, Courtney decides to create a brand new product for the occasion. 
in yet another child's cup. He wants to make a little sippy cup because uh, he wants so he can have his juice with the big boys and girls. I want to have a drink, but I always spill it. So I'm going to make a cup and it will have a lid. And then I can taste a sweet taste of success with the big boys. He does know the target market, given that his mental age is about six. Well, that's it. He can empathise, can't he? And Oliver really, really pushes for the Welsh flag to be on uh, on Alana's products. He pushes it so hard that the the designer even gets a name check because he gets a speaking part. <laughs> Adam, the designer, did she want a dragon? Are you sure? You really sure? I'm pretty sure. She said, "Don't put a dragon on it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a dragon on. Okay. I mean, it's ninety five percent exactly what she ordered. Yeah, exactly. Just that little bit of that other 5% of not what she ordered. And Francis agrees with the decision to change the logo, and she just says, well done, Alana, right decision. Because she agreed with them. Yeah, little bit sarcastic, but... Well, when you sat right next to Hunter Rebecca and you know damn well it was her logo. Yeah, well done, Alana, for sticking up for your idea. <clears throat> And did you notice how light it was in London at 8pm? Yeah. I think yeah. they may have lied. Possibly, although when would that have been? June? Yeah, but it's not that light at 8 o'clock in the evening, when, like when Oliver was picking out the fabrics. Maybe not. Just adding more tension. It was a bit rubbish at that bit, wasn't it? Just pick a damn colour, for God's sake. Come on, get on with it. It must be much easier to package your sausage. No? Nothing? Okay. <sighs> What do I say? I don't know, Michael. You're the overlord. That's the honest question. What is the the official response to that? You can't possibly go an episode with Oliver in it without making sausage jokes. That's the, that's the, well, that's the only reason he was in there, for a start. I think Shugsy probably was a bit disappointed to have to fire him purely because, you know, he loved doing those puns. Yeah, he was loving the sausage gags. Anyway, I feel like I'm pushing sausage down your throat too much. Let's move on. Thanks, Courtney. And the the Welsh flag issue is actually not that big a problem because she quite likes it. I can understand where he's coming from. I, I think he's got a point. Um, you, you should go for the provenance angle. And ultimately, people really latch onto that at the pitch. They like the fact that it's made in Wales. And uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Good call. So well done, Oliver, for overruling your boss, which I think I may have said before is pretty much breaking the golden rule of Apprentice, which is you do as you're damn told. But on this occasion, well done. I think you'll find it's overruled. Where was the hashtag there? If this was any other show, there would have been a little hashtag came up on the screen at that point. Hashtag overruled. Should have been hashtag wow, like it was on Survivor (laughs) this week, which I forgot to mention being stupid as all hell. That is the most stupid hashtag ever. Hashtag wow. And Kartik and Gronje end up helping their respective PMs to prepare their pitches. If I was preparing a pitch, Kartik would be definitely the first person I'd talk to. Well, he can bullshit for a living. I mean, the amount yeah. of crap that he spewed. He can bullshit. i tell you who can't bullshit anymore. Jessica can't. Boy, did she get... <laughs> shot down in flames when she tried to bullshit around the mail order thing 
Yeah, well, I think what people are doing nowadays is they're not using the internet. They're ringing companies up and asking them to deliver stuff. Really? That did not work. Sassy hipster Lady Brady living up to her name. Slay Queen. You're a little bit too old to be saying that, aren't you? I know. And um, in the market research, nobody really gets Purple Whale, which is understandable given that you know that you can't even see the tagline. No, that that was a big mistake. Pur- Purple Whale in itself is fine because there are many, many brands that aren't, uh, aren't immediately obvious what they do by their name. Got Orange, O2, Moonpig, Virgin. None of them really represent what they do. I, I heard there was a Virgin in Manchester, so it clearly isn't what it means. Certainly wasn't one in Burnley. Definitely not. And Francis doesn't warn Alana of anything negative that came from the market research, which is kind of the point of the market research. They don't learn, do they? Didn't, didn't we already have this conversation that what's the point of doing market research if everybody just says it's great? The whole point is you find out what you could do even better. But no, and they, they try and convince her that it was all positive and the words are all positive while Francis is shaking her head vigorously to say, no, 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 no. Yeah, you kind of kind of gave it away there, I think. Luckily, it didn't make too much difference. No, it didn't really matter in the end. And the walk down, as Logan pointed out, is ridiculous in City Hall. It takes about five minutes of the episode just to watch them walking down. Yeah, but we get to get the voiceover of their thoughts at that stage, don't we? And given that uh, Courtney can't string a sentence together, it needs to be a really long walk just to manage to get something coherent out of him. He just uses that time to think what his favourite word is. I think his favourite word in this episode was believe. He said it about a hundred times. I believe that I can fly. I wish he had. He's R. Kelly? Yes. Who would you have replaced him with? Can you imagine Dylan having to do this pitch? Yes, I can. And it would have been marvellous. He would have sung it. It would have been great. Captain Dylan singing his pitch would have been way better. You missed out on Dylan. Very camp Irish fella. Loved anything to do with the sea. Was obsessed with the Little Mermaid. Did he rename himself Sebastian? Was it part of part of your world that he ended up singing from the Little Mermaid with the supposed real-life mermaid? Uh, I'm not familiar with the songs from Little Mermaid. I think the, the actual mermaid did end up singing part of your world. I have no idea. He was a little bit obsessed. And sadly, Alana's pitch is not flawless. She had me going, but at least she pulled it around by the end of the pitch. She started off a bit rusty, but uh, yeah, she she finally got there. But it was a bit of a worrying moment. But her advert does show her unique selling point of her. Do you know what? That advert was like a thousand times better once she'd edited her into it and her voiceover and her at the end. In fact, there was only that little bit of Maureen that could have been improved. Some people call me the Space Cowboy. Some people call me the Gangster of Love. Some people call me Maureen. Yeah, even though the lyric's Maurice. And we have said this before. I know I have. Family running joke, that one. But it was my first thought when uh, Maureen was apparently a character. It's a great name, Maureen. And um, Courtney decides to pander to football fans and have a hilarious joke to the apprentice public who don't watch anything sporting. 
Yeah, but he got big laughs. Although the big laughs sounded very similar to the other time he got big laughs, and there wasn't a close to the crowd. I'm thinking that was edited back in the whole uh, blue and white for. <gasps> wait for it. Wait for it. I'm not going to say Spurs. I'm going to say Southend United. As far as I know, the only big laughs he's ever received is when people have seen him try to pitch before. Yeah, and um, Jessica in the middle of the night. In case you hadn't noticed, Logan, Jessica and Courtney were having a thing. Yeah, I did mention that. It's mentioned a few times. Her official description when we were going through the returning candidates was um, crazy, comma, banging Courtney. That's a good summary. And then I described the VARS incident. Oh, that was funny. And um, Courtney wanted his name to be a little bit random, which is why he went for Bingo Bongo. That was more random, to be fair. Purple Whale, not particularly random. It's a bit formulaic, in fact. Colour and object has been done a few times. There's Purple Bricks, for a start, who sell houses. And uh, Courtney apparently needs a guiding hand, preferably slap right across the face, but... I thought you were making another Jessica reference. And it's really, really distracting that Courtney only speaks in two-syllable words. Oh, I know. It's really it, well, Just listening to him just makes me just want to give up the will to live. I just can't listen to the guy. I'm so, so glad I don't have to listen to him anymore. Well, Logan was falling asleep anyway, given his jet lag, and he falls asleep more when Courtney's on the screen. Well, yeah, we all do. That's the problem. Maybe that's how he's got to the final, is nobody's actually noticed what he's done, because every time he opens his mouth, we all just fall asleep, and then when we wake up, he's finished. And Alana goes for the obvious, ridiculously rich pun. I'm hoping it's going to make us ridiculously rich. Of course she does. But did you notice that when she outlined her plan of where she was going to sell these into, she came up with three particular markets that sounded very familiar. She went with uh, delis that she'd already previously discussed, uh, festivals, and supermarket chains. Where's she getting her material from, Michael? I don't know, but you know how I mentioned on Thursday about thinking that Alana's target market might be, I don't know, the Manchester Christmas markets? Guess where she was last week? Really? Yep, I saw a picture of it last night. Oh man, that would have been so good if you could have seen that. I know, I, I didn't actually know until I was watching the episode last night, but she she apparently has a stall at the Christmas markets this year. And Kartik's acting skills get a sassy hipster Lady Brady giggle. We haven't even touched on that, have we? We haven't talked about that advert. Do you remember, I, I doubt it because you are way too young, but do you remember a series of adverts for the Yellow Pages? Vaguely. And there was one in particular where they were trying to track down a book called Fly Fishing by J.R. Hartley. And um, basically they'd ring up every book's bookshop and he'd, he'd say, do you have Fly Fishing by J.R. Hartley? And they go, no, no, we haven't got it. Sorry, it's out of print. And eventually he gets through to a shop and they say, yeah, we've got one copy. I'll save it for you. Can I take your name? And he goes, my name? Oh, yes. J.R. Hartley. It was like that. It was just so cheesy in 80s. It was like, purple whale, is that you? You might just save the day. Do you have a cheap and tacky gadget you could send to me straight away? Because my wife's given me an anniversary present. Oh, you do? Wonderful. It was dreadful. Apart from the fact they completely missed the point of the the business, which is not. I mean, who rings up for products? And I mean, unless you live in Canada or something, we've got the internet now. 
my favourite thing about the entire advert is the very concept of Jessica and Kartik having a functioning relationship. Oh, I love that. It would be magnificent. There, there's a definitely spin-off documentary series there. They should do that. Kartik and Jessica. That would be fab. Uh, but yeah, just terrible, terrible. Why would you even think of that concept when you know it's supposed to be an internet business? Claude? Claude, do you have fly fishing by J.R. Hartley? Yes, we do, Courtney, but it has actual words in it. It's not just pictures. Oh, never mind. Claude, do you have... Um, we're going on a bear hunt. Yes, but again, Courtney, those words are too big for you. You need a colouring book. Can I colour the whale purple? <laughs> That's a pretty mean Courtney impression. I like it. I, I don't know why we started doing Borat impressions when Courtney spoke earlier. My friend Courtney, he number four prostitute in all of South End. Oh, I hope that's not true, because then Jessica's going to get landed with a really big bill at the end of this. Or STIs. And uh, Courtney annoyingly gets praise for his pitch. And in the grand scheme of pictures we've seen on The Apprentice, it's probably not even bottom half bad, which is just not what you need to see in the final. Why did he get good this week? Well, it was an unfair advantage for him to get pitching lessons. I was just really disappointed that he'd improved this week. How dare you get good? I was disappointed he'd improved in the interviews. I wanted him to be a train wreck. Yeah, it's, it's all about the, the edit, isn't it? You can't make him look that bad and then he gets through to the final. But in the final, they could. They could have made him look terrible this week and it would have been hilarious. Surely the job of the editors is to make sure that we're really happy with the winner. And the way to do that is just make him look even worse than he actually is so that I can laugh at him. And Alana is so proud of her products, she put her name on them. Oh, yeah. She is the George Foreman of The Apprentice. Yep. Do you know George Foreman, all of his children are called George, even the girls. And Alana also fights back on the question of why cafe owners would actually stock her cake. She fights back on everything. She's awesome. She's got really good. She has got really, really good. If, if you want to take lessons in how to build a growth story, this is it. Just look at Alana from episode one to episode 12. It's like two different people. That's what I mean about that 80s movie kind of vibe. She's, she's the nerdy kid at the beginning that goes on to be the prom queen at the end. Amazing. She was just so introverted in the first couple of episodes, and then when she became PM, she just rocks it. Yeah. But, but then after that, she went, kind of went back in her shell a little bit and started just doing as she was told and not fighting back and getting completely overlooked by her team week after week after week. And then just turns it around beautifully. And I think what lost it for Courtney, apart from his personality, voice and talent, was the fact that he actually admitted that if he couldn't get licensing, he'd just do knockoff products. Yeah, don't worry about it, Karen. If I can't get the actual license, I'll just, I'll just rip your brand off. Be all right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not a, not a smart move, is it, really? Yeah, don't worry about copyright infringement. That's all right. But then in the deliberation, Sugar basically says, Courtney's just like me, I want to pick him. At which point I start going, no, no. Uh, it started with, 
Mm. But on the other hand, Courtney, I know your business inside out. That would be nothing to me. I could do that so easily. Oh, no, don't say this stuff. These are not the apprentices you're looking for. And then even when he turns to Claude and says, have you ever come across a designer with some commercial sense? And Claude says, "Mm, really, but maybe this is one of them. No, it isn't. Clearly is not. He's he's an all right designer. I'll give him that. And actually that trophy cup wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. But he's not some kind of amazing businessman. I think we can probably all agree on that. But it got dangerously close to he reminds me of a younger me. Yeah, it was worryingly close to him going, you remind me of me, I know your business, you're hired. Yeah, you can certainly see how filming that ending must have been quite easy for them to do. But thankfully, Alana's hired. Amazing, yeah. Finally, we get the satisfying ending that we've been predicting for weeks and hoping for so much. He's broken the streak of two years of being terrible. Yes, Hopefully that can continue and you can get someone great. And also, if this actually happens, get to see ridiculously rich Bialana cakes in your local supermarket, which would be amazing. They did look awesome. They, they looked fantastic. And also, you know how I mentioned I hate brownies with nuts in? Yes. At work today, someone did make brownies and it did have nuts in. And I thought that is offensively horrible, but the brownies very nice. Were they ridiculously rich? They were very nice, but they would have been nicer without the nuts. Yeah, were they very nice by Tracy? They were all right by Karen. <laughs> There's a branding test that didn't go well. All right by Karen. This is the point of the episode where I actually stopped watching, so if there's anything good in your head, you can tell us. Um... No. Okay. Did you notice, however, and I know we kind of skipped over it, but after Courtney's pitch, did you notice who it was that said that he was an exciting talent and he was really great? It was the woman from John Lewis, right? What animal have John Lewis got in their Christmas advert? A frigging badger. Isn't it a boxer dog? It's a boxer dog. It's like the star, but... The thing is, like all the other animals, all the woodland creatures go and have a play on the trampoline before the dog gets to have a go. One of them, I'm pretty sure, one of them is a badger. It's not an astro badger with a quiff, but it's a badger nonetheless. It's a badger conspiracy, telling you. So that is how they got the idea for Christmas advert this year. Yeah. They they stole the astro badger, took out the astro, obviously. That would be going too far. Put it in the advert. That explains so much. Mm. So, is there anything else to say about the series? Uh, I would say it was a series of two halves. I think the first half was a bit meh. And then once we had Alana and Jessica's breakout stories, it went from middle of the road to a pretty good series to me. I would agree. It's all about the characters in this show because we know they're always going to fail miserably at every task every week. So we need to have some fun along the way. So as long as they do a similar job and put some good characters in, I'll be happy. I think this was a year of crazy candidates. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I have crazy candidates every year for me. Absolute nutters. 
I don't want to see successful business people. What's the point of that? If you could be a success, go and be a success. Just You don't need Alan Sugar, do you? So go and do it. If you're a complete fruit loop and you want to show us how mental you are every week, come on The Apprentice. I would much rather we get a winner like Alana than a winner like Joseph, who was awful. Exactly. Exactly. So if you're listening, Alan, and I'm sure he is, in his Rolls Royce with AMS1 as the number plate, I'm sure he's listening. Next year, lots of lunatics, please. Just throw them in together, shake them up a bit and see what happens, because you can end up with a good series. He does strike me as a podcast listener. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, with that, thank you for listening to this final view from the Black Cab podcast. It's time for us to take a little hibernation until we return for Hunted US in January. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, or on Twitter account, MJ Hamilton for me, Log Supergracky for Logan, and Paul's Boy for Anthony. See you later. Thanks for the opportunity.